0: the new Star Wars Death Star Space Station that you put together. Action figures each
1: sold separately. Darth Vader's firing a laser cannon. It's been hit. He's after Luke. Take the elevator. Hurry. Now cross the light bridge. You won't escape me. Jump, Luke. Oh, no. The trash compactor. There's a trash
2: monster. The wall's closing. Save.
0: Kenner's new Star Wars Death Star Space Station. Action figures each sold separately.
3: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen.
4: We are tonight's entertainment.
1: I told you already I'm going to maybe not today maybe not
2: tomorrow that's not how the force works
5: very small man can cast a very large shadow this (laughs) does put a smile on my face
4: once more the Sith will rule the galaxy most impressive you are on
5: the Sith list welcome 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 to episode number 129 of the Sith list i'm your host the raj solichahi and my co-pilots for this evening's communication breakdown mm, the young the restless the bearded one mr carlos burgoio the man we call Extraction Jackson Because he got two of his teeth Pulled This last weekend Mr. Les is not crunch crunch I'm st- Don't ever make that noise again please That's that's all I
4: got <laughs> I might as well have my jaw wired shut No
5: you're not that bad But you were that
4: bad uh, Yeah so Les was struggling over the weekend But uh you feeling better? Yeah but you guys are going to make me laugh And my jaw is going to be hurting. This is not going to be fun. The man that I call El Hombre.
5: The man that I call DJ El Hombre on the ones and twos. Mr. Eric, go to give it to you. <laughs> Truthers. <laughs> Tonight. We have two special guest hosts. We have a dynamic duo whose love for the Star Wars and all things in the world of geekdom is so strong, you can smell it on them. I hope that's actually what that is. Yeah, let's hope for that. You might have heard them, one of them, producing the Steel Wars live events. He's a producer extraordinaire. You might have seen one of them roaming the streets of Fresno, saving people's lives on a daily basis. But you probably have heard them on their very entertaining, informative Beloved podcast called Will Com Pod, please welcome our friends Rashad and Justin to the Sith List. What's up, guys?
3: <laughs>
5: that's my turn, man. I gotta put that sound
6: effect. That's in a, little, that's a little, little air horn for you. <laughs> you. Can't steal my sound effect, Rashad. It happens.
2: Hi. Hi. How you guys Gangsters.
6: doing? What
5: up, guys? Yeah, thank you for coming on, and this is, uh, Justin, it's your first time, correct? Yes, sir.
0: Oh, this is cool. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. It's about damn time, Justin. I have been in the Sith Lair, though, and I have slept on the couch in the Sith Lair twice.
5: Yes, (laughs) multiple times. (laughs) You have been in the Sith Lair. Yes, we can smell your residue here. Oh, that's the geekdom. Though. Oh, that's, that's the geekdom. And Rashad, you've been on the podcast multiple times and have. people that are familiar with the MSW network obviously are familiar with you because you are the producer
6: extraordinaire to all those great steel live events. You know, what's great about having that title producer, I feel like I really live up to it because nobody really knows what a producer does and they think they do more than they actually do, which is 100% accurate. Well, I, I
5: know you do a lot because I've been to majority of those live events. So I see exactly what's going on before and after, and you do a hell of a job. Well done, sir. Thank you very much. Yeah. And Justin, well done for saving lives four days a week.
0: Yeah. He's the real well, hero. Well, that, yeah. that's yeah. a little overstatement of my job, but. Well, there is the guy nice with the leg. You definitely
6: saved that guy. Okay. Let's not get into the guy okay,
0: with the leg. Let's not that.
5: get yeah. into it. Anyway. I, I'm sure you've saved
3: many people's lives, but, <laughs> but thank you for that, Money eric how you doing buddy dude i am fantastic <laughs> wow.
5: wow damn was, yeah i know that right? was really good fantastic was it wasn't like yeah.
3: fantastic
2: it was like it was way better than that <laughs> how are you doing i'm i'm good i, I forgot about uh les's extraction so that, had two wisdom teeth pulled. yeah is, uh, so that brought up some funny feelings right now because i'm just laughing at his pain no offense
5: I'm glad everybody's doing great. We are going to have a great podcast. We're going to have a lot of fun. It's one of those podcasts that we crack some beers open, and we have a good time. That's how it's going to be. Isn't that every single podcast? Almost. (laughs) almost Sometimes we have to act serious. No, actually, we don't. No, we don't. We are proud members of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. You can listen to podcasts like Now This, Podcasting, Rogue One, Blue Harvest, Steel Wars, First Order Transmissions, Idiot's Array, Tarkin's Top Shelf, Podcast 2187, The Cargo Hold, and Fingered with Randy and Jason, check those out. We want to give a big shout-out to Rebel Girl. They are not going to be doing podcasts anymore for a long, long time. Yeah. But you can still listen to their podcasts on the Mega Star Wars Podcast Network. But a very, very big thank you to Amanda mm-hmm. and Jess, Space Jess, for putting out such a great podcast for such a long time. And we are going to be sad that you're not going to be making more but that doesn't mean we're not going to have you guys on our podcast because obviously you guys are amazing people in the fandom. We can't wait to have you on very, very soon. So uh, a big shout out to them. So catch yeah. them on MSW Podcast Network. You can also catch us on there as well. We do have a website, thesithlist.net. You can catch us on Instagram and Facebook, The Sith List, and an email us at thesithlist at gmail.com. And we have a hotline seven zero seven six five geek one that's 707654-33501. And please leave some iTunes reviews. We really, really appreciate it. And we're going to have some really cool shirts coming out very soon. Some cool designs. Uh, I can't wait for you guys to see them. And that's going to be coming very, very soon. Okay. Now before we swag. get it, yeah swag. That's right. And some shirts up so I can
4: wear Can I just say this right now? I'm Looking at the show notes on the giant monitor behind yeah. you, Rod. Yeah. What does it say? And it says Rashahad. What does it say? Instead of just Rashad, it's Rashahad. Does it?
6: Okay. Well, thanks. Again. It's that's the ethnic uh, pronunciation. Oh, okay. It. I was gonna say. Oh, now it's oh. I would actually spell checked it to Rashahad with two A's
4: instead. Yeah, two A's. You oh, see that? just dragged it out. Yeah. There we go.
6: That's because I'm h-
5: h- hilarious. Thanks again, Les, for pointing out mistakes on the show notes. Because I, <laughs> I'm so uh, I appreciate the fact that you do show notes for us. I do. I, pr- and really, I, I, I really appreciate it. definitely write I really them appreciate up and the butcher them. You put, in. you put a lot of work. Editing <laughs> I do. So I appreciate that
4: too. Jeez, I'm so grinning this whole and time, and my jaw is on fire, dude. I really appreciate that Ugh.
2: too. Books my flight, dude. I mean, yeah, come oh, yeah. on, like your look, flight too. God damn you! Wipe uh, your ass too.
6: Dude mom dad stop fighting it's
2: not even <laughs> like that
5: man i'm just telling my agent you know he's doing great but he did you see i misspelled your name i put asshole instead
4: of less <laughs> it should say asshole so there's less in it and that's all five of us right now all right let's so. get back on track here. <laughs> six of us. i want to talk some welcome pot
5: i want to talk about justin and rashad's podcast and what is new in their podcast and tell the listeners What the podcast is all about. Let the listeners know where they can find it and what they should expect when they listen to it.
6: Well, we started Wilcom about a year and a half ago. Um, We just, you know, we're we're just guys being dudes. I don't know. We talk a lot about the Star Wars comics. That's kind of been the majority of our episodes, and we cover. But we cover a lot of different things. The only thing we don't really do is like the current events as far as news goes when we do cover news it's usually like big event stuff if it's revolving the movies or uh comic or book news we cover some books we talk about you know obviously galaxy's edge is kind of in the mix now uh some of the shows kind of the big event stuff we cover but our bread and butter has definitely been the comics and uh justin's brought a lot of background in that area because recent my sort of comic knowledge was lacking until somewhat recently as far as the current stuff but i had been out of the game for like a little bit and justin was like a true fan and like stuck with all the comics and don't tell yourself sure buddy
5: you you are pretty damn knowledgeable yeah about you're comics, you're man. you're up there dude justin,
0: level's that's nine grand, just because y'all like the x-men and y'all bond over that so well they like spider-man too yeah we have like this ongoing like mini battle like like I make fun of the X-Men and he makes fun of Spider-Man and we just like butt heads like that. But the
1: difference
6: is I actually like Spider-Man. I don't think you actually like the X-Men. I don't hate the X-Men. It's just not for me. That's fine. That's interesting. It's 2019. You do you. Okay,
4: mommy and daddy. Are we not going to fight at the table too or what?
5: (laughs) (laughs) When do you guys put out the podcast and where can people find the podcast?
6: Willcom usually releases a podcast every other Tuesday. We're we've been sort of good about it up until the holiday break. But this week, as of recording now, we just dropped a new episode yesterday, our first episode of 2019. You could check us out anywhere you can find podcasts. And we're on Twitter at Will Pod. That's W.H.I.L.L.C.O.M.M.P.O.D. And yeah, check us out. If you like Star Wars comics and just general Star Wars discussion, uh, we're the place for you.
5: Cool, cool. Definitely check them out, guys. Well, are you guys ready to get into some geekdom? Absolutely. Mr. Strathers. you ready?
3: I'm absolutely ready. You're still doing fantastic? I am. I'm doing fantastic and great. Oh, shit. Yeah, man. It just went up a notch. It just got real in here. Real (laughs) dumb.
0: Tony (laughs) the Tiger, great. Wow.
5: Yeah, this is going to be a long one. This is going to be an episode. So let's do the PSD box office report. Brought to you by those... Makers of beautiful designer boxer briefs and Mm -hmm. socks. Mm -hmm. PSD underwear. You can check them out at psd.com. So we have a new number one again. Last week, Upside was number one and knocked off Aquaman. This time, Glass wasn't able to quite reach the lofty heights that somebody was expecting it to reach this weekend. But the film managed a solid number one. Glass made $40 million. And Split made thirty nine million or forty one million, so it's right there with split. But that's not what they were expecting since this
4: was going to be Yeah, it was hyped and marketed more Nobody yeah. knew what
5: split was. Yeah. Yeah. So forty million the upside made fifteen and Aquaman still number three with ten million. Dragon Ball, Super Broly uh-huh. made nine million here. Man. But that's made crazy. 8, but made eighty seven point seven million worldwide. Yep. So it killed it. Yep. Question though. For you, Dragon Ball enthusiasts, like Mike Pappas would be.
1: (laughs) Yes.
4: Why hasn't it resonated here in the States? It has. You know, the fact that it got almost $10 million is a big deal, dude. All the uh, downloads and get ready for Mm -hmm. rentals and everything. Don't
2: don't sleep on it. Dragon Ball is a major, major export. New York Comic Con. Mm
5: -hmm. It was massive. It was everywhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It people was were walking great. around. Huge. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, Dragon
2: Ball was everywhere. I couldn't believe how excited people were. Also, what, what doesn't help is that it has a limited release.
5: Oh, is that right? There's not that many. There, it's not right.
2: everywhere nationwide. It's well, that's, not, well, that's it's not a huge like, number then. It's not for like a month. No, no, no. no. That's for like a weekend, maybe two. That's how, and uh, no, what, what I'm saying, $9 million for a limited release is a huge number. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. The, going back to your cult following and the fact that it's huge, yeah, that's massive. That's not everywhere. There's certain theaters that just won't have it. You have to find a theater and be like, oh, they have it. Great, I'll go see it. Yeah, and they
4: usually release it through, if I'm not mistaken, the Fathom Events kind of thing. Yeah. Right, it's not not really like an actual release, so it's like okay. Fathom will just blast it. Nine point seven million is a big, massive, significant. It's definitely significant.
6: significant. And I read that it was the largest release in Funimation's like history, if I'm not mistaken. Which I believe is a distributor here. And ultimately, I mean, there's. I'm kind of a casual, maybe Dragon Ball Z fan. I definitely liked it when I was younger, but. I saw, like, no advertising for it whatsoever anywhere, but I was kind of aware it was around. So for the average moviegoer, I don't even know if any of them even
0: know it's a thing. Congrats to the Dragon Ball. I never watched the Dragon Ball, but that sounds pretty impressive. Justin, I haven't either.
4: From what I understand, he's Japan's version of Superman. (laughs)
3: Let's talk a little
2: Star Wars.
3: Let's talk some Star Wars. There's a little bit of stuff to talk about, okay? One of the big ones. Now, there's some comic news that I'm hoping that our guests will be willing to run with for us. But before we talk about that, let's talk about this. The poster art for Celebration Chicago, unveiled. Dude, it's neat. And I'm thinking about how great it's going to look on my stupid pass when I finally get it. And so there's some new guests, including mm-hmm. Jonas, uh, how do you say his last name? Anybody know? So Tomo, The sh- that, that's the guy who plays Chewbacca, Chewie, by the way, in yeah. the news. He's going to be there. Sam Witwer, Greg Grumberg, oh, Snap, wow. Wesley and The Force Awakens. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm uh, Greg Proops. <laughs> no offense, but who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, unless he... You know, if you'll recognize his voice as the sportscaster, if you will, during the pod race in <laughs> Phantom Menace. That's, that's cool, right. Anakin and
6: Skywalker.
3: Oh, yeah.
5: maybe that's the beginning of the four, the uh, anniversary panel for Phantom Menace.
3: Oh, uh-huh. maybe so, man.
0: Oh, yeah, get me excited, Raj. It
3: so. should be so. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Also, this one, I. Solo was nominated for Best Visual Effects Oscar. Oh, should have been soundtrack, but somehow missed that. Yeah, disqualified. John Powell crushed it. So good, so good on that. Oh, hey, by the way, this is not my thing in particular because I don't really have the gear to play it back. But if anybody is hip to super high quality digital audio, you can get. The solo soundtrack in 24-bit, 192 kilohertz sample rate. How about that? I
5: yeah. stop
6: at 178 sample rate. I can't
5: go uh, this is,
2: Yeah, that was strumming with Struthers. Yeah,
6: I can't do 192. Do you need one of those, like, Pono players to play that back? A what player? Probably.
3: <laughs> like, yeah. Or if if for musicians out there, if you've got a digital audio interface that'll do 24-bit, 192k, that would play it back. But like the the only one I have, I got 24 bit 96 K. I got 4K television. (laughs) There you go. But anyway, yeah, you'd have to have some kind of special player, but The, the, the soundtrack did get robbed. This should have been nominated. It was fantastic. It's great. It is really, really good. And if you get a chance to watch his process, man, he's really forthcoming with his like behind-the-scenes stuff. He's got videos of himself using his. He's got this dope workstation. I don't know what he uses, but uh, he's like adding Rototom to one of the songs in solo, and he's just like playing it on a keyboard. It's pretty cool, man. It is is really, it's really neat. But anyway. On top of that, let's just jump to the Mandalorian. So Jason, our buddy over at MakingStarWars dot net, he had some news, and it's it's spoilerish. It's a rumor. So is a rumor spoilery?
5: Yeah, I guess. I guess. So if you don't want to listen to a rumor from the Mandalorian, just forward Fast about forward three minutes, three or four minutes, three minutes, because that's Starting all it's going to take.
3: Right now. Okay, go ahead. All right. So, there's a secret Mandalorian enclave with an armor. So, the Mandalorian's armor changes oh. over the course of the show.
5: Oh, man.
3: That is kind of cool. So, yeah, and it's like it's cobbed together from other stuff apparently. So, that, that is rad. pretty neat. neat. It's, so so what Jason has to say in uh, so uh there's an armorer it appears this woman is the key to his major upgrades it's almost it almost sounds like she's q from james bond yeah anyway that's pretty cool man i mean let's face it everything about this show is going to be cool so any little piece of news is neat but
4: oh yeah. god i can't believe this show is is that like so he has basically a, like batman has lucius and lucius comes yeah. up with all the awesome exactly. stuff for batman so exactly he has an armorer like an r and d department Basically yes, yeah. So is
6: he going to start with like more basic armor, and then it's going to be like a Mega Man situation where it's like upgraded to like a like super suit by the end of the show?
2: Where is my? Uh, You know
5: what? I don't know. That's interesting. And he's going to end up with that chrome helmet, correct? Um, apparently, yeah, that's further down the line. Yeah, the Mandalorian is going to be. Oh man, it's going to be so cool. Hoping and praying and crossing my fingers, we get a trailer. Or some kind of footage at celebration,
0: we have. To. Oh, I'm sure we will. I mean, we got a couple of months. I mean, it should be there. Like, but, I mean, come on, Lucasfilm, come on. Are we gonna get anything from Episode Nine for Super Bowl?
5: Anything? What I, do you guys think? I think so. You think so, Boo? I think Did so. Do we get a title? That's optimism. I love it. I think do it's a think-
0: title. We need a title, to be honest. I was looking at like my like uh, on this day, today, as we record, a year ago or two years ago today, we got the title, The Last Jedi. This
5: date in Star Wars history. We got a title.
0: I
6: bet they'll yes. do like a short teaser. I I read a rumor. It, I'm going to be honest. I read a rumor online, um, not from Jason. So I tend to not believe rumors unless they're from Jason. But uh, this rumor stated that allegedly there's a spot in the Super Bowl that Disney Lucasfilm paid for that's like untitled uh, or pre-existing Star Wars teaser suggesting that they're going to do some 30-second spot. If you are in the mindset to believe that, maybe it'll just be like a title announcement, maybe like one flash of a quick scene, but, you know, like the saga concludes in 2019 Dude, with blah,
5: blah, blah. You just got me the goosies right now.
3: Yeah. I wouldn't be mad at it. can't remember if we talked about this whenever it was first announced there was going to be a thing, but uh, checking out my our friends over at the Star StarWarsUnderworld.com, ILM's making solo book. There's some preview pages from it up and it was in Ada Weiss, the online catalog for the thing showing it in it. it, Dude, it looks neat. It's going to be cool. I I think it'll be a definite must have. Wow. That's cool. I didn't know about that. I know we didn't talk about that. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Did you see that Richard E. Grant made some statements about the star Wars security? I did, but (laughs) I did not. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, all that does is make me crazier. Yeah, exactly. You
5: know what I mean? If people don't know what happened, uh, Richard E. Grant was been doing press junkets for his Academy Award nomination for "Can You Ever Forgive Me." They asked him, "So, how is the Star Wars situation going? How is the shooting going?" And he was talking about the security levels that JJ's put up. This is what he said: "It's extraordinary. They don't give you a script. You have to go to a room where there's a bodyguard outside, closed circuit television cameras." And it's printed on crimson pages, so you can't photocopy it. You that's, have to read it in there and leave. That's awesome. They give you a cloak over your head because apparently they have drones going over Pinewood Studios. So they try and take photographs of what people are playing and what they're
4: wearing. Uh, I'm just thinking of some stuff like Mission Impossible level just to get a, a page. <laughs> that's yeah. what Jason's doing. Like yeah, like what, a Tom Jason, Cruise. Jason, uh, was, Jason's pretty much doing the whole Tom Cruise bit. What was the one where they were in Moscow? And uh, him inside Simon page had to put that like fake screen of the of the room, like some That's Ocean's right, Eleven style, yeah. <laughs> just to just to get a, a corner of a page, a, a word, Speaking a quote.
5: Of Mission Impossible, real quick, just real quick segue. That's right. right. back into Star Wars. They're going to do two more with the same director. where is going to do mm-hmm. it, and he's very excited. So am I. And. They are going to bring back Alec Baldwin and Harry Cavill in flashback scenes.
2: Ooh. Oh, And what uh, is it? Uh, McCordy is uh, writing them both. He's writing as well. both of them. Mm-hmm. And no more yeah. Jeremy Renner. Ooh, I would love Jeremy Renner to be back. <sighs> they oh, can't oh,
4: do Jeremy that. Rayman. They can't bring him into the Bourne universe I'm and to leave that board thread board hanging and mm-hmm. bring him into Mission Impossible yeah. and be like, oh, yeah, this is it. Speaking of Bourne, so the movie Jason Bourne,
3: right? Yes. The scene where the guy is getting ready to spill the news about all the subversive stuff that he's done. They've got the snipers up in the the vent and shoots him. I'm pretty sure that's what Star Wars does to everybody that's on press junkets for something (laughs) else. They've they've got a guy hiding up there in the vent to to plug him just in case it goes wrong. They're just like, nope, we'll do it right in front of everybody really the only other news of note that I am aware of is all comic book related. And I would like for our guest to tell us all about it.
6: I would say of all of them, the Charles Sewell, Darth Vader is probably the strongest from start to finish. And it's only 25 issues and it's done now. Uh, Dr. Afra is definitely up there. It's still ongoing, Uh, but there's a ton of mini series that they did. Like Justin and I both really loved the Charles Sewell Lando series. Yeah, I was going to say the Lando series was really good. That one's really good. They did in, Rodney Barnes, did Lando Double or Nothing, which was like more of the younger Donald Glover Lando with
0: L3. That was really good. You can catch Rashad interviewing Rodney Barnes on an episode of Vocal Pod. There you go. Oh, Damn. There it is. Gotta love there. that
6: sizzle. There's a time. I mean, Justin, I'm sure I'm leaving a bunch of these out. You know what? The, the very first oh, one, the very well, first the, ones that the, came out were
5: the Kanan ones, if I'm not mistaken. Star Wars, and then the yeah, uh,
0: the Justin oh, had, ones. The, Kanan the Kanan ones, it, ones were so, great. They had the Star Wars ongoing. They had the Darth Vader ongoing, and then they had a series of uh, five issue miniseries that would continually rotate. So one would finish, and then another would start. So they had like Leia, Lando, Chewbacca. They didn't they uh, have an Obi-Wan then, series? Yes, also? they had a Obi- uh, they had an Obi Wan and Anakin. Obi Wan and Anakin. Uh and then Kanan was another one, and that was meant to be an ongoing and it only lasted twelve issues, but uh I I really liked that series a lot, especially enjoying the Star Wars Rebels series. I liked seeing it went from Kanan as a Padawan in the Clone Wars to Kanan as we see him in Star Wars Rebels. So I I really like that one. It only lasted twelve issues, and I'm sure that's a direct result of sales. You know, that's kind of the way it goes. It's
5: a hard sell to try to, to have people get into a Kanan comic, but it was done really well and it does an origin story with him with his old master. It's really good. So Eric was talking about the one offs. Am I right, Eric?
3: Well, just no, there's some there's just some comics coming out. Like,
6: You're yeah, talking about Alphabet Squadron heard. and Tie Fighter. There's that one, Shaw.
3: Are you hip to that at all? I mean, do you think that's going to be a thing? I here's here's my deal. I like the concept of Alphabet Squadron, the book, but the name is I'm just it's, uh, it's silly. I'm not a fan. Uh,
6: the concept is strong enough for me to just look. I said this. I, we talked about this on the Wilcom Pod or the the Wilcom Pod. The Wilcom episode that dropped this week. Uh, I think the name's Goofy, but the concept's cool, so I'm I'm in. I just-
0: think it's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. It's Alphabet Squadron. They got one of every letter. I mean, it's their alphabets. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, maybe I'm just, like, easy to please. I don't know.
5: I really like it because that was my nickname in high school. My baseball coach used to call me Alphabet Soup because of my last name on my jersey. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I swear. Called, he used they, to call me Alphabet. They ran out of space on the back of your jersey. Well, it was jersey. like Kareem
5: Abdul-Jawar. It went all the way around. I almost made a full circle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah. We have an email from Jared Casper. And he sent us an email about Star Wars. So I wanted to fit this in into our Star Wars talk. He goes, hey, Sith listeners, I've recently been re-watching The Clone Wars. And I found some pretty interesting ties to The Last Jedi in a couple of arcs, namely the Mortis arc and the Qui-Gon Jinn Force Ghost arc. A lot of the former is about how Yoda must learn to conquer death to preserve the Jedi Order, but Yoda never needed to come back as a ghost for Luke to redeem Anakin and restore the Jedi, so Yoda never actually had need to know about Force Ghosts. However, Yoda does need to come back as a ghost to help Luke and Rey rightfully restore the true Jedi Order in Last Jedi without the problems that led to the failures of the previous Jedi orders. Meaning Qui-Gon was really training Yoda to help Rey all along. He even says the Force showed him all of the time and he knows of the Clone Wars and, and the survival of the Jedi, so he must know about Rey. Ryan Johnson has even said that Luke, Rey, and Kylo's storyline in Last Jedi was inspired off this arc from Clone Wars as well as Mortis. Pair that with the fact that last year it was dropped in the book from a certain point of view that later on Qui-Gon managed to be able to form a physical force ghost like Kenobi, Anakin, and Yoda after completing his training in the spirit world, despite that small yet important detail being canonized. We've yet to actually seen him appear in any media as a physical spirit. Abrams has said Episode 9 is going to tie all 8 previous movies together, specifically saying Phantom Menace to Last Jedi. Because all of this, I think, is very possible, we could see Qui-Gon, Jin, Force Ghosts appear in Episode 9. Oh my god, that would be amazing. Now, in the Mortis arc, there is a heavy focus on proving that Anakin is indeed the Chosen One who will restore balance to the Force. Lucas always said that the balance didn't mean equal light and dark, but the light side of the Force was in its true balance. It was also, by him killing the Emperor in Return of the Jedi, was him fulfilling the prophecy. But the sequel trilogy introducing Snoke and Kylo Ren shows that he didn't actually bring balance. Also, Kenobi and Yoda actually pulled Anakin over and saved his consciousness in the spirit realm. And that's why he was able to become a Force Ghost despite never receiving the training. A lot of the Force Ghost lore revolves around it being reserved for people in the Cosmic Force. It's still manifesting destiny through Obi-Wan training Luke. Yoda, helping Luke restore the Jedi, Qui-Gon teaching them about the Force Ghosts in the first place. The only person we don't know why they became a Force Ghost is Anakin. I'm betting it's because he's the one to redeem Ben Solo. I think Kylo Ren will be redeemed but privately, like everybody learned about Anakin's redemption, but I think Kylo is going to sacrifice himself to save Rey, but she'll never know. I think it's the perfect way to end the story. I think it'll be a thing where he's alone and debating whether or not to sacrifice himself To save her and the Resistance and Anakin will appear and talk him into and convert him back to the light side. It will be a nice way to wrap up Ben Solo's story arc, reestablish Anakin as being the Chosen One, and give Anakin a purpose to be a Force ghost. Anyways, thanks for listening to this rambles of a Star Wars fan who stayed up far later than he should have watching some Clone Wars to prepare for Dooku and Battlefront. (laughs) That's pretty funny. I'm a big fan of the podcast and always look forward to hear all of your takes on Star Wars and comic book movies. And would love to hear what you think of my conspiracy theory about Episode 9. Jared. First of all, Jared, thank you for taking your time and being so detailed and yeah. getting so deeply into it. And I can't believe I did it from start to finish without fucking up only once. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's not d- bad, right? I know, I, I was well done. Saying,
2: you're giving you major kudos.
5: Yeah, yeah. I was going to... So I'm going to go to our guests first. What do you guys think about this? What do you guys think about Qui-Gon being there as a force goes? What do you think about Anakin Pretty much bringing Kylo to the light, and and do, are we going to see this happen in Episode Nine?
0: I don't know, man. I, I'm still more about the if anything, Anakin Force Ghost popping up. I love Qui Gon, and and he is that dude. But if anything, I wanted in like Star Wars to like make it. I'd want that Anakin Force Ghost. In yeah, nine to be right. honest. So you'd rather have an
5: Anakin Force Ghost than a Qui Gon? How about if we get both? Is what he's saying. Is that I,
2: overkill?
3: Yeah, I have to question how that's going to fit in because <laughs> here's the deal: from what we can tell, uh, and I mean, mind you, the only people that we know that have seen Force Ghost per se are Luke, right? Right. It's he's never well, not, met. Not, not, not really. true, Ezra.
5: Ezra saw Yoda Force Ghost, didn't he? Uh, well, he Yoda wasn't, a, wasn't a ghost. Yoda wasn't alive. dead. Yeah,
3: Um, yeah, he yeah, he was just projecting himself to him. That's right. That's right. Okay, man. How many times have we had that exact conversation on this show? I think somebody go back and find out at least three. It was four. You're just pulling that out of your ass. But that's fine. (laughs) But uh, I appreciate the the effort and the way you sounded so confident. People just assume it's true. That's how that's how stuff works. But anyway, anyway, I don't know that you would really have to do some explaining to make it work out. And I think that would be the problem. If that it, You know, that's sort of like the whole argument of having like, Thrawn in there. How would you explain that? Hey, everybody, here's this blue guy and just in case, if you haven't watched this and this, well, that's where you would have seen him and or Ezra or anything else. I realize that more people have witnessed Qui-Gon Jinn than Ezra because obviously more people saw The Phantom Menace than saw Rebels, but I just don't know how you'd shoehorn it in. I would. I am really hoping that we see Anakin. Mind you, the whole notion that Force, force Ghosts can only appear to people who have had like personal experience with him, we don't know that for sure. That's just... That's, just, just, that's, that's just us, yeah. at best. But, it's, if he were going to appear to anybody besides Luke, I would want it to be to Kylo Ren.
6: Yeah. Um, and and like, Kylo, was like, your problem? worships your too. So it would make yeah. sense that oh, this person, like Anakin appearing to Kylo, would have a deeper emotional impact on Kylo. Yeah,
5: that's correct. Yeah, that's true. So, but man, I don't know. I I would love to see, I I know what you're saying, but how cool would it be to see him? It would be really tough to tie him in and they're just assuming people would just get it. Yeah, I I understand what you're saying. But if we get to see Anakin... Mm -hmm. Give me that that hating ghost. Give me the Hayden ghost, yeah, that would be especially amazing. especially with no shirt. <laughs> oh, maybe maybe Kylo has no shirt and Hayden has no shirt, and they, they do a chest bump. They're just shirtless bros.
1: <laughs> he would go
6: right because it's a and ghost. then Kylo feels the like shamed because he's not as jack, so then he puts the cowl on. And he's like, uh. I think he'll just lift his pants up a little bit higher towards his
2: chest. Yeah, if they can get any more, <laughs> if they can get any higher. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I guess. Well, let me start off. The whole I don't idea know about Kylo's chest. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, well, all right. the whole shaving thing is a bit weird. How sweaty he was is a bit odd. But whatever. The 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 whole idea of of redemption for Kylo Ren. I don't. I don't have it. I don't feel it. To start off, I think he's lost. He's lost for me. Uh, I think he's gonna die as a full bad guy, and I think he should for what he's done. So, but besides that, I would love. I would much rather prefer a Hayden Christensen Force Ghost than a a Qui-Gon. I love Liam Neeson. I love Qui-Gon. But I think that would that would hit more. I think that would hit a lot more if it was Hayden Christensen. And if he actually talks to... Well, see, but see, there, there goes that whole redemption thing. I don't think... Why else would he talk to Kylo Ren or who else would he talk to besides Kylo Ren and for what other purpose? He has to talk to someone. If he's going to exist, if Hayden Christensen's Force Ghost oh, is, yeah. is going to appear, he has to have a connection with somebody who's alive. He can't just have a you know, you know how's you know how's death for you? Does it suck? Yeah, no, it sucks for me too. You know, you can't have correct, that. Correct. Yeah. So, but I'd I uh i do not think he can be redeemed. I do not want him to be redeemed. But I don't see any other reason why he would manifest himself to Kylo Ren. What to you know push him over the ledge or something? Ah! Yeah, I don't know.
5: Yeah, this is my prediction, obviously. Is Kylo Ren's going to die. Uh, hope he's so. going to save the Resistance, hmm. and race specifically. He's going to attempt to be redeemed through the eyes of us who will either redeem him or not, is I, what I'm, I'm I, saying. I, he I will, will never not, be redeemed in my book. Yeah, yeah I, I will I not. I don't care. No matter what he does. I don't care. Yeah. But that's up to the viewer to decide where, whether he's redeemable or not. And I think that's a really cool thing. Mm -hmm. that's what I'm that's the only way he's going to be redeemed and that's what's going to happen and if it's Anakin convincing him to do that that's
4: all good with me I don't know I don't know about the whole redeeming Kylo because this whole redeeming Kylo means that either a a much more evil figure is going to pop up than Kylo because right now it's just him and I don't see Hux as that guy he's not Thrawn he's not Tarkin and he's not critic, Like, he's comic relief, if you think about it. Well, I mean, that, now A, he, is. he was
5: comic relief. He wasn't comic relief in the last episode <laughs> seven.
4: Right, but I just don't see him being that guy. Like, I don't see him coming across yeah. as, oh,
2: no, this dude is way worse than Kylo is. Less is right. Yeah, Hux great. can't be that, because the only reason why Hux was, you know, first order and all that is because Snoke was, was using him. He was he was putting him out there. He's going to be my figurehead. I'm going to you know like he said you know uh, I, f- I forgot what he called him but you know uh, he called him like cur a or something yeah like, that. like a dog a dog yeah yeah a rabid dog yeah exactly you put him out there and Kylo Ren is like I don't need this putts so yeah. he makes him know that he's a putz right. and whips him around yeah so yeah so that's very true yeah it, Hux isn't it there's nobody else besides Kylo
4: Ren it, it was Good different time. when Tarkin right because everybody's like. Vader's a badass, and you go, oh shit, but this guy's in charge. Told him to stop. joking, yeah, like, Joker right got dude. the sense that he was in charge. This dude walks Vader. in and goes, Pop, Emperor, we're ready to do this, this, and this, and he's ruthless. Like, ruthless. Thrawn is ruthless. You know, like, there's just, even Krennic is like, you know, I'm willing to do what I have to do. He's a ruthless person, too. So, unless they, um, I mean, yeah, I don't see them dragging someone else out or creating a new person to be the bigger bad than kylo ren true eric we've talked about this four times
5: back in the day you were you're in the the side where you believe that kylo is redeemable i remember we talked about this but if he is redeemable who's going to step up Les makes a great point who's going to be more evil than kylo for kylo to turn sides
3: that's man that's hard. I know. That's crazy. I, oh, see less. This is why you should read more comics.
6: You know what you're talking
3: about? <laughs> I, you know, the, like the obvious one would be that not even that as much as it ends up being a personal thing with his mom. Okay. Mm. Like, okay. He sees, she's be, getting ready to be killed or somehow she just, you know, he brings him to his senses or whatever. Okay. And then he realizes that he's thrown everything away that he actually wanted. That would be the thing where he would have to save his mom from being killed, not, not kill her, but actively stop her from being killed. And, but that's out of the question now. I mean, at least as far as we can tell. Yeah. So
4: I, I just don't, I just don't know. I mean, I could see it a sliver for redemption, but I don't see him like, you know, at Vader. Look, and Palpatine was killing Luke like Palpatine was going to kill Luke in front of him. And Vader's and he's like, father, help me. Like, oh, I'm going to die. Right. So, yeah, I mean, Vader's like, oh, hell no, you're not going to kill my kid. You know, if anything, now he realized. So, yeah, I don't know how they're going to put. How they would even put Leia in that situation or have someone be even more ruthless and evil than Kylo is. Because he was intense at the end of Last Jedi.
6: Yeah.
5: He was, like,
4: <sighs> he was just maniacal.
6: Right. I'm, I mentioned on the prediction show, I think my prediction was that something's going to happen and uh, Hux is going to lead some sort of coup against Kylo using the military cuz I'm pretty sure we all know Kylo is a little unhinged. Right. And maybe that's what drives him, kind of like maybe he's like on his own, he's been pushed out of his army, he's lost control, and then just I like theoretically speaking, what if that's the moment that Anakin decides to appear to him and say like, "Look, son, I know you're lost. You tried doing this thing. Don't make my mistake. There's still a chance to do right." Maybe that's what pushes him to help the resistance stop them, or he works from the inside secretly to do it. And I actually think I mentioned this on the last time I was on the Sith list. When I look back on Vader's kind of like, quote unquote, redemption, I see it more as atonement than redemption. Like he's not gonna undo all the terrible things he did just by saving Luke. But I think he, you know, realized at the last, like, you know, in in a moment where it was like, this is really the battle for his soul. Is he going to let his son die or not? And it cost him his life. I think we're going to see something similar with Kylo, where he's not going to be, quote-unquote, redeemed. But I think he'll atone sir, for his sins, quote-unquote.
5: That's a, that's a really good one. That's a, I, that would be interesting. I wonder if Hux reaches out to some kind of blue military mind to help him.
0: Whenever I'm like rewatching the last Jedi the 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 line that always really like kind of grips me is is when Luke tells Kylo see it around kid. Oh, right. that's a good and point, right? That that leads me to believe that Mark Hamill's already going to be in the uh 9. We know that. But wasn't that a play
5: on what Han pretty much said to mm-hmm. to Luke during mm-hmm. New Hope? Isn't that is it, uh,
3: verbatim or am I am I off? Does he say see around um, him before he takes off? Yeah, I think that's what he says. Scott, I'm a fake fan, and I couldn't just say definitively, yes, sir, sir.
4: You're not our Star Wars fan, bro. Not, our Star Wars fan not, not part of our Star oh, Wars you, fandom, sir! dude. Damn.
6: I think Justin's on to something, though. I think Luke's going to kind of try and not troll, but
0: probably make a plea to Kylo. Yeah, uh, with. No, I'm still on yeah. that. Um, his His death is peace and purpose. Like, that's what's holding me together this whole time peace and purpose it was like i w- i was left in the theater like bawling my tears out like luke is dead but then i had to like reel myself in and be like oh yeah like after like a watch or two be like yeah okay it's peace and purpose. Yeah.
5: There's there's obviously a big purpose to it, and he's he knows the end game. Ooh, I said end game. He knows where this is going, and, and hopefully he can come back and persuade. We'll, we'll find out. I am so excited that we don't know what the hell is going on, right? Unlike another movie that's out the same year that is by Marvel that we kind of know Yeah, what's going on. That's okay. That's Sweet okay. transition. Yeah, thank you. And that's okay. Well, that's what this was a great, great conversation. Thank you, Jared. Really appreciate it. Hell of an email. Hell of an email. Are you guys ready to get into some random shmiels? Always, yeah. sure, man. Star Wars talk. Let's
0: get into some. It was, it was
5: Star Wars talk. Was great, by the way. We did. We went. Yeah, off that was pretty for cool for a good one. The cast of the Sopranos prequel, The Many Saints of Newark, is shaping up with the addition of our boy, The Punisher, John <sighs> Bernthal. Yep. And Vera Vermiga. She's from Bates Motel and she's done a ton of films and she's yes. a great actress as well. This is the reports comes from variety. It is definitely shaping up. So a Sopranos prequel movie and Berthnal looks like might be the
2: lead in this thing. About time. Yeah. About fucking time. That guy that guy deserves a lot more credit, especially in the uh, the second season of Punisher. Yeah, let's, fantastic let's, acting.
5: Let's segue into that real quick. I, I'm about eight episodes in. Oh man, you got not done yet. It. You gotta finish it. Is it is phenomenal. It's not as great as the first season, in my opinion, but it is some quality television. And if you like the Punisher and <laughs> his storyline and him killing people, well then, boy oh boy, are you going to love mm-hmm. this show. Les had a situation over the weekend where he got I a, was a, terrified. Yeah. Explain to I don't understand. Explain to our listeners and our guests
4: here. This should be good. Why we were you so terrified? I, I I ended up eating. I made a shake because I can't eat anything solid for a few days. Someone in my family said, "Here, throw this piece of couple pieces of chocolate in the shake and make make it taste better." They were edibles. So oh shit, this. I was loaded. Which. Not a bad feeling, but ultimately watching the Punisher in that state. And I ended up finishing the season, the series, the season over the weekend. But at one point I was terrified. (laughs) I looked, I looked up and I was like, they're just depicting death on a whim, dude. Like anyone, he comes out of the house and people die. Like he opens the door, takes that first 10 steps of the day and nothing but death behind him and just the amount of injury i was like what in the world and then i was like wait a minute this is the punisher oh i was i had That's an experience i had an experience let's just say that much Damn. But i almost had some ptsd coming out, out of that <laughs> i was like oh they're killed just kill just killing people it's pretty grotesque <laughs> it's, and it's pretty hardcore i mean but it's done very well you almost go that guy should be dead like yeah, just the just punisher should be dead. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, at any point, anyone I'm like, where's someone just walking up with a random shotgun and just going boom bye? It's over. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like and the stakes are high for
2: everyone in the show. Yeah. Everyone. I was like, uh he's such a great actor. Uh speaking of you know the grotesque and the violence, there's a there's a scene. I don't know if you got into it yet. There's a scene where you see him, you see him more of him than we usually do. Not, you know, nothing too bad. But he's fucked up. I mean, fucked up bruises, like bruises, stitches, scars. Stitches, yeah. scars. Yeah. I saw his buttocks. Yeah, th- that's yeah, his that's, buttocks. That's that's, that's a perfect shape. Ah, uh, but going back to the grotesqueness <laughs> and um, and how violent and gory and stuff it is, and all that. It's great. It makes it for a great show. People are asking, is Disney Plus or Disney going to bring this back? Well, that's what I was going to ask you guys because yeah. I don't see how it's possible. See, now that's my question, and that's why it hasn't been cancelled yet. Exactly. See, that's my question is if if Disney decides, because this will be Disney Plus, it's going to be called Disney Plus. You're gonna see Mickey, you know what Disney's associated with as a kid, uh kid centered product company and all that. If they decide to bring back Daredevil Even, which is less uh gruesome and less gross, it's, scro- it's still pretty it's bad still sometimes. If they decide, are they willing to keep it up to the same Product and the same amount of gore that we get, and if not, don't do it. I agree. let it die. I agree. It, it ended fine. If you're not going to make the same product or even better, let it leave it alone. Let it die. That's, I just, that's, I just that's, had that's my this word.
4: image flash of
2: Mickey wearing
4: the Punisher symbol.
5: Oh, I would love that. <laughs> oh, it's just, oh, Rashad and Justin, have you guys seen this season at all?
6: I haven't. I haven't even finished the first season.
0: No, I've seen uh, the second season of Daredevil. Okay. Oh but, yeah, I'm
5: sure. If you like the first season of Punisher, it's it's definitely worth watching. It's not, in my opinion, it's not as great as the first season, but I it's, would agree. It's still, really good. The first season of Punisher to me was very good. It's one of the best yeah. Marvel shows on Netflix. Yeah. But this one is is right there with it. It's just not the storyline is a little right. shaky, in my opinion.
6: He was my favorite part of the second season of Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Yes. I really like
5: the Daredevil series. He was great in Daredevil, and I'm so glad they gave him a show, and I'm so glad he's getting more roles. He is a great actor. And you know what? It was funny about him. He plays the same role in every movie. He's kind of like Jack Nicholson uh-huh. and De Niro. He's the same
2: guy in every movie, but it, somehow it's different. Key question for everybody. When he screams or yells, can grunting? anybody take him seriously anymore? The grunting or the just grunting. the yelling? No, the, the, the yelling, the grunting, whatever, the... Uh, when he's, like, getting, you know, in full Punisher battle mode. Oh, I, I, I get
4: freaked out by Well, you. he's doing that after he's murdered about ten people, so I would take him fucking seriously. I
2: can't. Would. I cannot. What? I just, are you fucking kidding I'm me? I'm fucking laughing as it's happening, Doug. He's, he's making his twelve prizes, gauging people. Yes. He's
4: twelve gauge shotgun yeah. people to the ground. He's ripping out dudes and the oh, shit. Oh. Yeah, he's I'm, visceral. <laughs> he's in Spartan mode. What are, talking? Now. Doug, are you talking about Doug? I'd be like, it? bro, you just, do whatever you want, man. He, dude, I open every door. I'd be like, man, I just seen him put down ten army, and he's putting down like legit guys foods, like yeah. legit.
1: <laughs> oh, oh i, I get just out can't. of here with
4: that i take him as serious as cancer oh man. are
2: you kidding <laughs> me i fucking know Whenever he, he just at any other time it's fucking like holy shit he's doing awesome shit he's killing people and then he does that and i'm fucking lost if it's you see a football it. player
4: lay a sick tackle on somebody and yeah. get up grunting and stuff, you're going to be like, that mofo hits, dude. Yeah, Just like the Punisher. I don't know what it is. Just here. seeing his uh, face uh, nah, and in the I'm moment, I just fucking serious. lose it. Is like it a, just it's... remind
6: you of Tim Allen?
4: Oh, that's Don't funny. do that because I'm he kind of has it. a resemblance. Yeah. I uh, you yeah. said that. <laughs> 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 don't, don't just knock <laughs> the Punisher down <laughs> what are doing? like you Alright,
5: so good. I'm glad you guys like it. Check it out, Rashad and Justin. I think you guys would be into it. It's a it's a good one. We got an email from Chad. Go ahead, Les. I'm going to have you read this one since I already am spent.
4: All right. Hey, sisters. How's it? King Tom's on the throne last episode brought me way back. I got a subscription to Wizard Magazine as a random gift from my grandma when I was 12, 13-ish. I read that magazine front to back and wanted to read every comic in it. I have always been a big book reader. My mom taught me to read when I was three, so by the time I was 13, I had a large back catalog of books that I had read. Wizard had a comic book order sheet where you could order whatever comics you wanted, pretty much. I was 13 and had no job and no money to spend on anything, least of all comics. So, I started selling book reports at school for $10 a pop. Nice! Sweet! After one week, I had about $100 to spend on comics. However, this is like, 92, 93-ish, so I needed a physical check to send in to buy the comics I wanted. Convinced my mom that I was tutoring kids after school in English Lit to make the money, and I needed a checking account so that I could start pulling my own weight and my buy my own random shit like clothes, deodorant, shoes, winter boots, class trip money, etc. Best thing I ever Damn. did because as a 12, 13-year-old, I ordered all the comics I wanted and it taught me how to budget and live off the little money I made. Now 39 with six kids and a wife and I bartend three days a week and pick up every comic I want to read and still comfortably take care of my family. Nice. I owe where I am in life and how... To how I take care of my life to one random wizard subscription and a little lie to my ma. Anywho, long story short, back in the day, I got all my comic info from Wizard Magazine. Very cool, man. That's an awesome That's story. a great story. Fucking yeah, hustling
5: Dad. story. I like that. That's straight awesome. Straight hustle. American gangster right there.
2: That's how it starts. There should be a movie about him. I would love to watch that.
5: Rashad. Yeah, exactly. Rashad and Justin, where did you get your comic book knowledge from back when you were a kid? Was there a specific book or encyclopedia or back when you were a kid,
6: there was still probably internet. So, you know, where did you get your info from? I got like my, my first real introduction to comics were through the, the Holy Trinity of animated series, the Batman, X-Men and Spider-Man ones. Okay. Uh, that's like where I got most of my base knowledge from and that ended up driving me into comic stores and kind of picking stuff up and going from there. Very cool.
0: I started getting into comics when I was like 10 or 11. And that was during the J. Michael Straczynski era of Spider-Man comics. And that was like my whole thing. I would just live for those comics. And um, like eventually like the the Spider-Man movie came out, like the Tobey Maguire movie came out and Spider-Man came into the spotlight and it was like, whoa, like something that I liked was now very popular. So it was like a very cool feeling, and but I would be like, yeah, but this this guy Morlin is like the like the the villain right now, and they were like, no, like my friends would be like, no, like it's the Green Goblin, like you know they they didn't care about like the comic, they would just only care about like the movie and stuff. But
5: yeah, that's so cool. So that got you into it, and then I'm still a big Spider Man fan. Very cool. That's awesome, uh, Chad. Thank you again for that email. That was that was that uh, was that was very awesome. cool. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to read a, an email from the WIM, our man, the WIM, and it has to do with DC. And we're going to get into, right after the email, we're going to get into some DC news and mm-hmm. some stuff where the DC is going. So we're going to answer some questions while we answer some other questions. So let's hear the uh, email from the WIM.
4: All right. Hey, guys. Thanks for having been on. Great show. I can't stop listening to ELO since he dropped it. Good nice. call. Question for Eric. What's your thoughts on Jazz? Ooh, Eric, what's your thoughts on Jazz? And since I'm your DC whore, just wanted to follow up with some questions and observations. As For DC TV series, The Flash has always been my favorite, but the storyline has been a little stale this season, and Ben nailed it. Arrow is the most compelling. The crossover shows are always well done, and Batwoman was great. I've always had a hard time getting through Legends of Tomorrow, but the finale last season was really good. Without spoiling it, some weird minor thing in an early episode happens, then reappears in the finale. Very humorous. A bit of a steal from Ghostbusters. Ooh. But I wasn't expecting it, and it was great. I have Black Lightning sitting on my TiVo, where I plan to, on binging it once it's completed. Supergirl is still watchable, and as long as Kevin Smith is still directing episodes, I'm in. And finally, following the successes DC, final, DC finally has cinematically... Whoa, hold on. And finally, following the successes DC finally has cinematically... Where does the universe go from here? Excluding the upcoming Joker movies, Shazam, Wonder Woman, and Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn flicks, do they try to circle back and make Justice League 2 now that we almost know all the parts? Do they go Flash and Green Lantern on the big screen? I think it depends on Affleck and Cavill. If they are down, make Flash and Green Lantern, then go for a Justice League 2. If they're not, do the Flash with Flashpoint, recast them, then a Green Lantern movie, then Justice League 2. As bad as the Green Lantern movie was, there was a minor really good piece, which was Mysterio. Focus on that. What say you guys? Okay, so... Hold on a second, though. Mysterio in the Green Lantern movie? Mysterio was in the Green Lantern? No. No, he was not. That was Hector Hammond in oh, Parallax. Whim? You me just... Uh, I think. No, yeah. no, you're right. Yeah.
5: Okay. Well, what we'll do is we're going to answer the second part of your questions about where the DC universe is going in a second but let's go to the very first question which is eric struthers what do you think about jazz
3: man that's a multi-layered answer to that so okay first of all i find jazz interesting but i it's not something that i am able to listen to a lot and i think and this will sound i don't know probably self-deprecating but i'm not doing it to be funny it's over my head because I don't have enough of a frame of reference to play it. Soloing in jazz is it's on an entirely other level from soloing in like the type of music I play where, so just as an example in like, let's say in like classic rock or blues type of stuff. All right. You're playing in a, in a reference to a key with target notes that that go against whatever chord you happen to be in all right i won't go into a whole big long thing but imagine this
0: this is john coltrane's giant steps it's considered one of the most important jazz albums of all time cemented John Coltrane as a legend among jazz saxophonists and composers, and it's home to one of the most revered and feared compositions in jazz history. The reason why the album's title track is so iconic can be heard in its first few seconds. wrote these unique chord changes for Giant Steps and later went on to use them over traditional jazz standards. These chords came to be known as the Coltrane Changes, and improvising over them is considered a rite of passage for jazz musicians.
3: You've got, okay, you know how on Back to the Future, where Marty tells the band, hey guys, this is a blues riff and B. watch me for the changes and try to keep up, and they magically right. knew how to play it, right? Yeah. That's actually pretty accurate because that's a standard issue 12-bar blues format, okay? And the four chords or the three chords you have in there are the one chord, which in B would be a B, the four chord would be an E, and the five chord would be an F sharp. And because it's blues, they're all dominant seven and blah, 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 okay? In jazz, like a real common jazz chord progression is minor two, five, one. And... All of your, every chord, you treat that like a completely separate entity, and you solo over that chord. You don't care about the whole key, and you can make all these substitutions. Basically, it amounts to this. You can play any note except for two at any given time, and it's, dude, it hurts my head just even thinking about it. It's (laughs) so much to deal with. That's
5: crazy.
4: Uh, Back to the end. I think you meant Sinestro. Instead oh, of Mysterio, okay, and that could have you know what there's so much DC can do. Uh, they could do Flashpoint, they could do Blackest Night in two parts. They could. Well,
5: uh, so we're gonna get into that in a sec. Yeah, so hold, your, hold your thoughts oh, about what we're, there's so what much DC they could do. do. We're gonna ask Justin yeah. and we're gonna ask Rashad about that as well. Okay. Thank you, Wim. Appreciate it. And thank you for pulling us Strumming with Struthers. Yes.
4: Yeah. Way, to, way to sneak that in there, too. That's yeah, really
5: good. And by the way, the, the TV stuff, the DC TV stuff, I'm glad we had Ben on there because <clears throat> he could talk about it because we mm-hmm. don't watch this stuff. We just don't have time to watch all this stuff, but people that love it. And thank you for uh, still using TiVo. I really I noticed that. that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> by the way, segueing into DC, there was an article that was in the Heart of the Hollywood Reporter about has DC finally figured it out? So last month, Warner Brothers DC EU had its biggest success ever with $1 billion for Aquaman. The film, which received generally positive reviews, largely stood apart from the shared universe the studio had been establishing since Man of Steel. And it sounds like Warner, according to Warner Brothers Pictures group chairman Toby Emmerich, the, stu- the studio is shying away from the shared universe and focusing on director driven stories. This is what he had to say, and he told this to the Hollywood Reporter. We all feel like we've turned a corner playing by the DC playbook, which is very different than the Marvel playbook. We are far less focused on a shared universe. We take it one movie at a time. Each movie, it's its own equation and entity. If you had to say one thing about us, it's that it always has to be about the directors, which is a crazy shift in, in the philosophy of DCEU. But I will say it's working because watch what happens. Shazam is going to make a shit ton of money. Yeah, it is. And Wonder Woman 84 is going to make a shit ton of money. So what do you guys think about this? Have they turned the corner? They're staying away from Marvel playbook, which they finally figured out. They fucked up.
2: Um, what do you, what do you guys think? Boo, you want to take this for me? Yeah, Yeah. Um, I think this is about time that they actually did this because I don't, I've always felt that DC has had better characters than Marvel has. DC's characters do not need a shared universe. The idea is there, that they're all together. Uh, Les Les just made a reaction. Batman is a better character than two-thirds of what Marvel has on his own. Superman, not all of them. Not all of them. That that's what I said too. Yeah, Superman has his. Yeah, he he's has. He's Superman has his has his limits. DC mm. has the two most famous comic book characters in history. Exactly. Right. The, the Holy Trinity in its own is bigger than a lot of what Marvel has. So DC has never really needed a universe. You know, the idea of the Justice League is cool in eventuality, but not as a big plan. So I think this is the best. That they've ever said, and the best move that they've made, because all these characters can be on their own, still mm. exist together, ish. If you know the idea of it eventually happening, yes, but not as a end goal or end game, if you want to you know, you play on right. words. But so that's that's why I think this is great because their characters are just better. Yeah. They are just better, they're written better, you're you're more interested, there's more wait to their worlds, you know Batman's parents are dead, you know shit like that. They're murdered in front of him, you know all that. Superman's planet is is gone. He's a he's a uh he's the last one left, you know, orphan all that shit. Uh, you know Wonder Woman is, you know, banished from from her world by her own mother. You know, it's it's a lot of heavy shit going on, a lot of real emotion compared to a lot of Marvel characters where yeah, their lives are not the greatest, but they're not awful. They had, you know, nobody saw their parents die, you know, shit like that. So, I think think this is the best thing that they've done is center on the characters and then maybe at some point later, you know, do some other shit. Well,
5: I don't mind them having characters within each movie. Like, if we see Shazam and then Superman shows up. Oh, they have to fight eventually. Or just like, or or not even just that. I'm saying like in the next Wonder Woman film, Aquaman shows up and says, what's up? Or just there for a little battle. Yeah. But yeah, I don't. Think that the shared universe works for DCU? I mean, it hasn't. The Justice League made six hundred and seventy-nine million dollars, and Aquaman made a billion. And Shazam is going to make a pretty decent amount with the with the hype that's behind it and, and the trailers that's been coming out. I agree. I agree. What do you think, uh, Justin and Rashad? What do you think about this? Do you think that DC's finally figured it out? Let directors make their versions of what they think the story should be.
6: I think that what they're doing now is probably the most logical step because when they first started, they were just trying to catch up with Marvel. They were trying to play Marvel's game and Marvel had this grand master plan from the very beginning with all of their films in order to tie them together in the shared universe and eventually build Avengers. Can you imagine if they started with Avengers and then did all these other films? So that's basically what the DC stuff was doing. And I think that's largely why it didn't work because you didn't have any emotional tie to a lot of these. Like people love Batman. People know Superman. People love Wonder Woman. But do people at large really care about Aquaman and Cyborg and the Flash? I'd probably say not really. Exactly. I, I think it's better that they focus on creating interesting stories to build these characters up on their own. And then down the line, I mean, maybe keep that in the back of your head. You don't necessarily need to follow the Marvel formula and plant you know, Easter eggs, post-credit scenes and things like that, but kind of make it a believable world. Maybe like in a Batman film, he reads a paper and there's something about Metropolis right, or they do right. a Green Lantern film and he flies by Gotham, you know, things like little things yeah, like l- that, just like, you know, yeah. let you know that they're like in the same world. Um, But I think ultimately these films are better suited to have a director driven focus and just worry about making a good movie on their own without having to be like a product, not to like criticize the Marvel movies as I like them for the most part. And I'm a bigger Marvel stand than DC stand by far. So Carlos is just totally off base. uh, (laughs) A comment. But by the way, Spider-Man watched uncle Ben die and he was pretty much his dad. So
2: that's, that's true.
6: Uh, Yeah. To you. Yeah, I'm like well, actu- I'm literally pushing up my glasses and well, actualing you. Um, That's
2: funny. Please do. That's yeah. Bring it on. I That's awesome. Too? Yeah.
6: <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like the Marvel movies are kind of made almost more like a product. They're they all kind of have a similar kind of feel and a style, which really helps them blend together better when they put them together in like a big Avengers film or Civil War. Or whatever the next one of those is going to be. They tried to kind of set that tone with justice league. I feel like, and then all the movies have felt totally different. And I think they should have started by doing that, but letting them show that they kind of play in the same sandbox right. subtly and then kind of built, they they went backwards basically. So now we're getting like all these films that are kind of like, they stand out on their own and they'll stand out from the Marvel films by playing their own game. Like it yep. said in that quote, That's right?
5: That's right. And that's what the Joker film is going to be. If, if DC just decides that we're going to make a billion dollars or a $500 million or $700 million off of these separate films, they're going to keep doing it because the other version
4: didn't work for them. That's yeah. because they fell flat on their face when they tried it the first time. Yeah, Batman vs Superman was horrible. Backwards. You got to be careful what you ask for too, though, in this. So if you say, let's make it director driven, you may get a bomb here or there. I personally, I think they could have done a shared universe. They still can actually pull that off. I would prefer them to do the separate movies. And like Rashad said, you know, there's always Easter eggs and allu- you know, alluding to that big blue freak in Metropolis or, you know, stay out of Keystone City. There's some red wraith running around out there. all <laughs> they so have to say, you know, like here and there in these movies to just show like, okay, they know about this. Maybe they don't have to do the, um, what is it? The, the post-credit scenes, you know, where, like, their stores hammer in the middle of Iowa or something like that or Kansas or something. They don't have to do any of those things. They could have made it work. Personally, that's how I feel. Doing it this way, though, that's great. Um, make the money that they can make and put good stories out. So, yes, please just put good movies out. Aquaman was entertaining. It worked. Uh, Shazam's going to make a lot of money. But let's be real here. We all still want to see a Justice League move. Oh, absolutely. We want to see Dark Side War. We want to see, you know, Crisis on Infinite Earths. And if they're going to keep throwing that title of Flashpoint around, then you're going to... That's that's their Infinity War. That is their end game. Those are the things that when you start playing around and making those moves and titles and putting those pieces on the board... Those are the bread and butter. That's going that to end up working come down the line, and that's fine. They need you to know, build trust with the fans. If you're going to do a Flashpoint paradox, that first and foremost that will change comic book movies. Personally, I think in the whole industry, be able to okay. bring a story like Flashpoint to the live action screen would be a big, big deal. Can I ask a dumb question? Yeah, no,
6: please ask as many dumb questions. Flashpoint well. is the story where Flash goes. Back in time and alters reality, and Thomas Wayne becomes Batman.
4: Yes, yes. it's Thomas okay. Wayne is Batman, and, uh, and, and Mar- um, Martha is the, the Joker. Which I mean, let's be honest, they don't have to do that thing. Yeah. They could make it a different Joker. You know what I mean? To like tweak it, but ultimately, yes, everything is set back because instead of uh, Flash saving, instead of Flash's mom dying, Flash saves his mom. He runs back in time to save his mom on his birthday when he's a kid. And that changes everything. And that will give us Grifter. Grifter's like DC's Punisher. All
5: right. I got a question for you before we get into the flash round with Mr. Rodriguez. So there's been many different Batman live action movies over the years, but the man to first put on the cape and cowl for the Dark Knight was obviously Michael Keaton in a live action film uh, back in 1989 and then also back in 1992. And there's been. Obviously, great actors that have stepped in. Some not so great, but some great actors have stepped in. But Kevin Smith believes that Michael Keaton would be a perfect choice for a live-action Batman Beyond feature film. Uh-huh. This is what he had to say. They should do this as a live-action movie today, Smith told Mark Bourdain on Bernardin. his famous... Bernardin. Sorry, Les. Sorry. Sorry, I really apologize. Smith <laughs> told Mark Bourdain on his Batman... <laughs> On Batman and Batman podcast, when reminded that 2019 marks the 20th anniversary of Batman Beyond's debut, what you just witnessed was my oh face That would be fucking amazing. Could you imagine, oh my God, that movie makes a billion dollars right there, man. If you're like Michael Keaton coming back, people will be like, how is that possible? And you're like, because Batman Beyond, bitch. And people are, oh fuck, we wanted, <laughs> we wanted this our whole lives. This is fucking good and I'm down with this. Without all the crazy, um, not that we don't cuss on this podcast, but that seems pretty excessive. That was Uh, unnecessary, perhaps. Unnecessary unnecessary usage of um, O-Face. What do you guys think about this? I think this would be amazing. And I think Michael Keaton would do it. If there's the right director and the right story, I think he would come back. And this also goes back to DC doing their separate films and not having to be in this whole world. Well,
4: well, Batman beyond stands alone anyway, so they would never Mm -hmm. have to find a way to tie it in. Right.
5: So it's easy. That's great. Right. Yeah. Rashad, I'm going to go with you first. And then Justin Rush. what do you think about this
6: idea? I love it. Actually, Batman beyond was one of the last kind of superhero cartoon shows I watched along with, uh, like X-Men evolution kind of around the same time, Awesome, but, uh, Batman beyond sick. And I love that story of like, crotchety old Bruce Wayne kind of t- like begrudge it, hand off the cowl to the younger generation. I like the character of Batman beyond. I kind of like anything that's more sci-fi futuristic setting in a way. I think it's a great idea. I think it'd be really cool. I love Michael Keaton as Batman. I'm in green it now.
0: Yeah. I, I'm, I'm right on your
5: side on that. How about you, Justin?
0: No, I agree. I'm like, I'm not like the world's biggest Batman fan, but Batman beyond was pretty cool.
5: Yeah, and I think having Michael Keaton come out, out of the woodwork and reprise his role as as Bruce Wayne, how fucking great yeah. would that be? Yeah, it would they be need to pretty, pretty
6: shway. It would yeah,
5: be. they'd have to do this. Brothers, what do you think about this? I mean, we grew up watching these, watching Michael Keaton make comic book movies as <coughs> massive as they are right now. He has a big part in that. So what do you think about seeing him coming back?
3: It'd be neat, man. And I'll tell you what, my wife would go bonkers. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, a lot, a lot of people would. She's super into Michael Keaton as Batman. She still goes on and on and on about it. She's probably actually talking about it right now. I just can't hear it because I'm up here recording the show.
5: <laughs> could you imagine?
3: Yeah. Could you imagine
5: him actually pulling a Batman? <laughs> could you imagine that? In a new Batman Beyond? Like the place with the crowd would go crazy.
3: Well, dude, did you he he did that at the commencement speech oh, that yeah, he was yeah. mm-hmm. the speaker this past year and and People went bonkers for that. Oh, so and I, cool. you know. My wife's like, Oh, if only you would have gone to college and we could have been there. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? He did what?
5: Yeah, at a commencement speech, he gave this beautiful like great speech. Keaton, motivational right?
1: Yeah, Michael Keaton. Motivational
2: yeah. speech yeah. to a bunch of graduates.
1: I've got one more thing to say,
6: and it'll only take me a second. I've got two words that I want you all to remember. They're
5: very important. And if I leave you with anything I'm gonna leave you with these two words,
6: and those two words are,
3: "I'm Batman."
2: Yeah, yeah, he yeah, he, he, oh, he yeah it was My pretty feet baller, feet man. Down. As far as like Les said, this could be completely standalone, like their Joker movie and all that. Something way separate in the future. Awesome setting, tons of shit that they can do. A whole different, uh, whole different plan. A whole different, uh, what is it? Idea, ways of doing things, people they can bring back, stuff that they that they can hearken to. This would be, uh, what is it, nostalgia to 100% because it would, it would people who saw the animated show, and then they could they also do it where in the movie they could have nostalgia. This should, this should already be, be happening, yeah. They should jump on this. Absolutely. And what do you guys
5: think about bringing Tim Burton back to reunite with him? No, 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 no.
4: I, I wouldn't mind it. No, the I reason why you can't is because this is a he- like it's a it's a heavy science fiction, like futuristic kind of thing. And I,
5: but you don't think Tim Burton can do that?
4: No, because the Batman Beyond suit is basically Iron Man without the boosters, pretty much, and the blasters. Exactly. It's it's well, full, he it's does like have the brooders. Hell Armor, Hellcat Armor, I think, or the Hell Bat Armor, right? right?
5: yeah out there because yeah you know, i think It'd be, sh- i think people shit on tim burton a lot but let's not forget if it wasn't for tim burton's batman yeah, and batman absolutely Returns, we wouldn't be talking about all these comic book movies. It, true
4: but there's a different feel with the uh, yeah, batman beyond it. that okay. that you know and it, i mean and all you need is like rashad said you just need bruce michael keaton turning around in the big chair at the fireplace and oh going, man, man. He looks like you've stumbled upon this, and, yeah. and then he just gives him right. gives him the suit, and he says, we're going to train you, and mm-hmm. boom, and it goes from there. They should jump on And this. they could make a franchise out of this. They could, yes, yeah, be they like, could. He could take on the new version. Like he, The first movie could be Firefly, and him and Firefly go at it. Yeah. And the second movie, you finally... Like, oh. Ink? That was another really cool character. Yes. Oh. Yeah, they, they could go a lot of directions with this, and... It's a very good idea. Kevin Smith should... Uh, well, is he good at sci-fi? No, I, I don't know. He should write I, it, at least. I, yeah, he, he could write it, but I wouldn't
6: give him the helm, yeah. no. I think, yeah, and it, it's going to take somebody who really has a hand at, or a knack for world building, because for me, the one of the more fascinating yes. aspects of it is the what happens, you know, 30 years later. It's like the legend of Bruce Wayne, his impact on Gotham. You've got, like, the Joker gangs and things like that, like how has the city kind of like been shaped and molded by like the shadow of Batman over thirty years, and like really kind of build out that new mythos that's like based in that old style, like, that old vigilante. You know what I mean? It just yes. gets me excited hearing you talk about it.
2: What was the what was the name of the director of uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine? Denny Villeneuve, he's oh. not doing this. No, no, no. no but something like that, or a Neil Blomkamp, I could oh, see doing something like this.
4: Ooh, ooh. Blomkamp. Villeneuve is busy doing Dune.
2: Blomkamp would be solid, a mm-hmm. solid pick. Those would be my picks. Yeah, Very but yeah, but uh, the 2049 director, I knew he wouldn't do it, but yeah. something like that, a feel like that, yeah, because the world building is still there.
4: Yeah, yeah.
2: I, I, I get that. Yeah. Interesting. Even,
4: uh, what's his
6: name? The director from the Tron reboot might even be a good look. He'd probably be on the cheap. He wouldn't be my first choice, but that came to mind. Right. Let's do On the Throne with King Tom.
4: I'm king. I'm king. Gentlemen, the king.
1: Hey there, Sith listeners and Sith listeners. You know, it's awesome that you have Rashad and Justin from Will Communications, the Star Wars podcast, the comic books podcast, the Star Wars comic book podcast, uh, that you have those guys on. I'm excited to hear what you have in store for us. I was looking through my comic book collection this past week, and there was a series that Marvel used to run that I was a huge fan of called what if I guess you would call it an anthology series they have a few different versions of it but each issue dealt with a different topic and explored the alternate history of major or sometimes not so major storylines like what if Captain America survived World War II what if the X-Men lost Inferno The series really wasn't a huge seller, but I always liked the alternate look at things. And Dark Horse even did something similar. I think it was called Infinities. Maybe about 15, 20 years ago, they took each of the movies of the original trilogy. I think for A New Hope, it was what if Luke Skywalker missed his shot at the Battle of Yavin. For Empire, it was what if Luke died on Hoth. And I don't remember what it was for Jedi. But they would retell the stories of the movies if these events occurred differently but I don't think they ever did them for the prequel trilogy. I was recently rereading the Phantom Menace novelization, and I thought it would be a really cool alternate story. What if Qui-Gon left the Jedi Order when they told him that they would not train Anakin? And I had this whole story brewing in my head. Obviously, I didn't write it out or get really detailed, but I always thought that Qui-Gon and Anakin would leave, go off to some planet somewhere, and Qui-Gon and Anakin would train together. Meanwhile, back in the Republic, Palpatine would still be elected, but his people would lose the Battle of Naboo to the Trade Federation. Padme would go into hiding. The Clone Wars would still happen like they happened, and I don't know how to mix Dooku or Obi-Wan in there, but the Clone Wars would go a lot worse for the Jedi, and Palpatine would take over a lot quicker, and then out of the woodwork, 10, 15 years later, you would have a returning Qui-Gon and Anakin helped by this underground movement that Padme created in her time in exile. And and I, I don't know, I if I had the time and any writing talent, I, I, I might do something with that. But I just really like that idea. And, but I'm, I'm not calling in just to share that. I want to know from you guys, if, if you had to do a what-if style story about Star Wars, or it could be about anything comic books movies tv shows hell eric because you like music do a what if about music i just want to see what you guys would do differently with something you're really into anyway thanks for listening and i will talk to you guys later this is a really good this
2: one. this is very good
1: i'll go first and i'll have eric think about music and
5: then i'll hit up everybody else i would love to see what would have happened in return of the jedi if vader killed the emperor and didn't die I would have loved to see Luke bring Vader back to the Ewoks, back to, end, back to Endor, and try to explain to Han,
2: Lando, and Leia. Chewie would have tried to kill him because they because they enslaved the uh, the Wookiees. Right? You'd be like, "You killed my right. entire race. I'm going to end you."
5: That reaction, and I would have loved to see Obi Wan and Yoda's Force Ghost
6: reaction to that as well. Like so. what the what? Huh? <laughs> It yeah. would have
5: been
4: that uh, Tim <laughs>
6: Allen fucking grunt all over again.
2: It. Yeah. There it is. Uh-huh.
6: <sighs> Full circle. How about how about you, Rashad? Is anything pop in your head? I wonder. I mean, obviously, the big one is what if Anakin doesn't turn to the dark side in Revenge of the Sith? What if he does what he's told and stays at the temple and uh, lets Mace and his team do what they do? Another one might be interesting is what if Professor X and Magneto switched roles? Like, what if they were on the opposite side? That's
2: a nice one. That's
6: a good one. I don't know if they, it's tough because I I think Charles is a little smarter than Magneto. I don't know if Charles is leading a group of extremists. He's like the world's most powerful psychic next to Gene. What would have happened? Would he have just like been able to do whatever he wanted? Would Magneto have been able to stop him? I don't know.
5: Yeah, that's
0: that's a good one. That's interesting. How about you, Justin? I don't know, man. That's like a super loaded question.
5: How about if I uh, give you one? What would have happened if Uncle Ben didn't die in Spider-Man? Would it have changed him?
0: Mm, I think he would have eventually learned a lesson on his own, to be honest.
3: What if David Lee Roth had never left Van Halen? (laughs) Oh,
5: that's a great one. So you're saying if he never left Van Halen and they would have got past the keyboard stuff from 1984. Right. Would they have gotten back to their roots and played badass rock and roll hard rock
3: well it's like even what would their next album have been like yeah yeah that's a good one because you think about 5150 when Sammy Hagar came into the band it's a great record and the music is really cool but it is nothing like Van Halen like the previous Van Halen records as far as like that like that balls out real bluesy bass kind of thing (laughs) I mean, because think about some of the bigger songs from the, that record from 5150. They're like I said, they are great. They're just this, not. How can like... this
5: be love? Right. That was a big one.
3: Well, yeah. And I mean, just dude, that whole album. I mean, think about think about the song Best of Both Worlds. It's like the most basic thing in the world. And for whatever reason, it was a big hit for him. But that, I mean, that that's not a song that would have been on another Van Halen record. No, it would not have. And it's yeah,
5: that's a good one, man. You know, what's funny about Van Halen, Eric, and let's see if there's another band other than I think Van Halen and ACDC are the only two bands that have had their, they were huge and their lead singers. One died and the other one just left but they still continued on and be- became huge successes after the fact.
3: Yeah, that's not a very a very common thing. No. It's it's funny because you can take even bands that had a, a different singer on an album that was honestly superior to a lot the original singer and the album just doesn't do well even though the songs are great. Right. Uh case in point would be like when John Karabi was in Molly Crew. Vince Neil's a horrible frontman and a horrible singer. <laughs>
1: You know I'm a
4: dreamer,
3: but my heart's a <laughs> Well, yes, check out, there. there's a video going around of him singing Kickstart My Heart that's fairly recent, dude. He is, like, really heavy and can barely get his breath trying to sing. It's, uh, dude, really it's really not cool. Kickstart his heart after the song. Oh, oh yeah, damn. Exactly.
5: <laughs> do we had like two Strumming with Struthers on here? One, I, I have
4: one. a music one okay. too. Oh, you have a music one too. Oh, uh, what you're gonna say so? Do I? I, have don't, one. I don't think you I know. Yeah. Uh, what if Biggie and Tupac didn't die? Well, just all of those guys. Yeah. Because right when you started talking about that, I started thinking of Lane Staley. I started thinking of oh shit, gosh, you know what man. I mean? Uh, Noel Bradley through. Noel from Sublime. You know, um, like that kind. You know, yeah. Uh, Drowning pool came out and their lead singer all of a sudden they have you know, they do their thing and he's gone. Like just gone. Right. And you're it's like, okay, now, now what? You know, who do we go get? And sometimes they get new people. Right. Like we saw Allison Chains with yeah. the new lead singer. And he's fantastic. And he was great, but he's it was like uh, yeah, it was like, uh you know Yeah, that's a that's a great one too. So that would that's my what if so I have to piggyback onto you, Eric. Oh, that's
5: a good
2: one. That's all right, buddy. I have a I have a Star Wars one. What if Anakin is uh granted the rank of master? Mm. You know, he doesn't need much after that. Palpatine is He won't be upset. He, he won't, won't be upset. Yeah, Palpatine would be like, "Well, fuck, that's not my that's not my end." I don't I don't see him needing to garner any more respect after that. So, I don't know. That would be my nerd one. And then my musical one is what if Bottom doesn't die? John Bottom? Yeah.
5: Oh yeah, what, we have three or four more Led Zeppelin albums. Yeah, that's Holy that's my shit, main thing. Man. Yeah, huh? Yeah, these, mm. are, these are really good ones, man. These are really good ones. Great question, King Tom. Damn, on the
2: throne. Very no one. No wonder he has his own uh, his own his own spot on the website. Yeah, his <laughs> own segment his mm-hmm. spot on the website. Is oh, Network? Well, yeah, he has them all. So yeah,
5: he runs <laughs> he runs the network. Yeah, the King Tom it. Network. That's right. Behind the scenes. KTN. That was a great way to end it. I think now we're into our Flash Round with Justin. And Justin, you know how this game goes. And unfortunately, Uh-oh. I think I know how this game is going to go. Are you ready to play the Flash Round? Yeah, I'm ready. It's time for the Flash Round. This is where we try to figure out what's in that big old noggin of yours. You ready? Good luck. Favorite video
0: game of all time? Sonic kind of like the Hedgehog 2. Into the Spider-Verse or... Homecoming. Oh, Spider Verse is so good. I've seen it three times now. Favorite. I know the answer to this. Favorite musical artist or band. Is either the Red Hot Chili Peppers
5: or the Beastie Boys? Ooh, I knew the Beastie Boys. I didn't know you were a Chili Pepper fan. That's cool. Yeah. Right on. Luke or Han? Luke. Superman or Batman? Batman. Solo or Rogue One? Solo. Favorite comic book of all time.
0: Probably the the first JMS Spider-Man. I don't know what number it is. It's like 31, maybe, or 29. I don't know. You got to say first... the name
4: of the Like you said, JMS. Nobody will probably know who that is, Justin.
0: It's the first Spider-Man by J. Michael Straczynski because that's the run that I jumped in on Spider-Man okay. when I was a kid.
5: Cool. Favorite toy?
0: My favorite toy? Literally any Lego that I nice. bought. You and Boo are the same. Favorite
5: non-Star Wars movie of all time? I'm a big Godfather fan. No wonder you sleep in the slith lair
4: when you come over here. <laughs> it's better than sleeping with the fishes.
2: Oh. <laughs> or with the horse heads. Gotcha. Or with the, the we just Oh, you know, my God.
5: Abound. Biggie or Tupac? Uh, I'll go Tupac. Rolling Stones or The Beatles? The Beatles. Captain America, Black Panther, Iron Man, or Thor? Captain America. My Girl, Beyonce, <laughs> or...
0: Rihanna. 100%, Rihanna. I've been ready for this question my whole life. (laughs) You know when
5: Eric says that your answers are... No matter what, they're going to be right. Well, yours were not, sir. <laughs> yours, <laughs> yours were not, Mister Rodriguez. Your answers oh. were wrong. <laughs> it
4: was a messy flash round, was man. A mess
5: of a flash round. <laughs> it was the
4: flush oh, round. Oh, you know
0: what? The flush round. The flush round. Yeah, good uh, job. Jokey. I'm joking with you, Justin. There's only there's that. only one answer that ever mattered. Ooh, Ooh. and that was Rihanna. <laughs> Lord,
6: oh shit. <laughs>
0: Right. Man. Well, at least you...
5: you He's dying chance. on the sword. Well, at least you had a chance to come on a syphilis once.
0: <laughs> you know? Well, you know what? That would have been my answer in 2008, 2009, <laughs> 2012, okay. 2014, all, right. all the way up until now. It's always been Riri. I I've always loved Rihanna. Like, Okay, okay.
5: Fair to, say, fair to
6: say. I can vouch for that.
5: Okay. Well,
6: you did adequately...
5: On this platform, I would say. You did, you did just fine, except for that last answer. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, that is going to be it. Mr. Struthers, what did you learn from today's podcast?
3: <laughs> oh, my gosh. What didn't I learn? <laughs> that, that bands will always be better if nobody dies. That was my big takeaway today.
4: Mr. Gonzalez, what did you learn from this
2: podcast? My jaw hurts from laughing too much. There it is. <laughs> Boo! Um, never, never have a shake at uh, Les's house because somebody's going to put some uh, edibles in it.
6: I learned to go
2: ahead of Carlos because he'll take my answer to these questions.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and Justin, what did you learn? I didn't learn anything. I just wanted to say I'm going to stand my ground. You I'm, oh, always sure. ground. I'm always you team. Go. I'm always team Riri.
2: There right. we go. Yeah, he is. He's tripling, quadrupling down. I and like I
1: learned
5: it. that the whim must have some stock in the Tivo still. Something yeah to plug TiVo. TiVo is a thing. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on, man. Thank you for coming on the Sith List and being a part of this. Where can people find the podcast, and where can they find you on Twitter?
6: Thanks, guys. Real quick, just wanted to say thank you for having Justin and I on. It's of been course, man. It's a been pleasure. We've been in the lair, and now we're on the list. So, like a bow. Uh, yeah. Like I said before, we're on will we're on Twitter at Pod. Uh You can find us anywhere. You can find podcasts, and I'm on Twitter at ICOSM. You are COSM. Awesome.
0: Find like. me at, at JustinRod, Justin J-U-S-T-I-N-R-O-D, on Twitter. Nice.
5: Mr. Schrothers. where can people find you and listen to your beautiful voice? And look at those unbelievable locks.
3: You can find me on my other Star Wars podcast, The Bad Motivators, on which... We had what may have been the dopest outro song that we've had this week. And uh, if I may, Please. if I may, I would like to play just a very small portion of it for you, if I may. Please. Here it is. Listening for
4: the best. <clears throat> My never been worse. Yeah. You must like me for me. Um. Uh... Yo, get it twisted. This no, rap shit is
2: mine, motherfuckers. A fucking game. Fuck what you heard.
0: It's what you hearing. What you hearing? What you hearing? Listen. It's what you hearing. Listen. It's what, what you hearing. Listen. Cause I Next, you know, give it to you. Fuck wait for you to get it on your
3: <laughs> own? That's all you get. If you want to hear what the rest tease. of it, you gotta, you gotta listen to this week's. The Bad Motivators, episode 101. Uh, sizzle. Let me just tell you, I'm not a big when, when I heard that, I was talking,
5: I was texting with Eric, and I said, is that Taylor Swift in the background? And he said, hell yeah, it is. And I said, you know what? You know, I'm not a huge Taylor Swift fan, but you made it all work
4: there. Uh, I, I'm going to change what I learned from this episode now. What did you learn? <laughs> I learned that it's dark and hell is hot on The Bad Motivators.
3: Yeah, dude. <laughs> Taylor Swift rules. I'm just gonna tell you. Well, I, I appreciate
5: that. It was very well done, and that's why you're DJ El Hombre from here on out. On <laughs> <laughs> the ones and twos, Mr. Gonzalez. And by the way, people, you want to listen to the rest of it. It's it's as good as the as the what you just heard. Listen to the bad motivators. I don't let
4: DMX hear that. <laughs> no, DMX might come in and just kill
2: <laughs>
6: Growling like him the Punisher. <laughs> X really gonna give it
3: He's to you. Dude, it
4: was handled very respectfully.
2: I hope so. <laughs> just
4: It's really well done, actually. Uh people can find me on Twitter if they want to at Lesson Seventy Eight. Extraction Jackson. Tooth <laughs> strike Tooth Extract
5: Tooth extraction, <laughs> boo, Where can people find you?
2: At the Sith Boo?
5: Find me at the Sith Guys Steel is having Live event If you're in Los Angeles area Rashad will be Doosing I believe Rashad You'll be Doing your, your magic Correct? Yeah I'll be there He'll be there So will Justin And so will Justin And so will all of us So we will be there Supporting Steel's Two hundredth episode, where he will have the actor that played in the uh, Ewok Adventure movies, correct? Ewok Adventure? Yeah, I don't know.
6: The, car- the Caravan of Hope? Caravan of Courage? Yeah, I'm gonna call. You it. were close. <laughs> you were so close. He was there. He was at the finish line. Yeah, I was there. Come and check
5: out the live event and say hello to all of us. We'll be there at the Scum and Villainy. So check them out. And also. I was on the Star Wars Underworld and check that out. Thank you to Chris and to Ben for having me on. And we had a great time and check that last episode out. And for everybody else, we will catch you next week on episode number one thirty of the sick list.